Hello and welcome to another episode of the Aquatic Mentors Podcast. I'm your host Katrina Van Eyck and in this episode I interview an industry professional who has been involved in the aquatic industry from a young age when her parents sparked her interest in swimming, giving her the goal to complete the levels at her local swim school before being able to swim in their home pool by herself. She continues to make a big impact on the industry. So please extend a big welcome to the podcast for Sarah Podesta. Sarah started out her aquatics and leisure career in local government venues, where she worked at Mornington Peninsula Shire Council for nine years, followed by four years at the City of Monash in aquatic programming coordinator roles before moving to Belgravia Leisure as the Aquatics Services Manager at Watermark. Her current role is the State Aquatics Manager for Victoria and Tasmania at Belgravia Leisure, providing leadership and support to Belgravia's Leisure's 18-year-round aquatic venues and programs, of which there is over 18,000 students in the Learn to Swim programs. She is also an active member of Belgravia's National Aquatics Leadership Group, the Victorian Aquatic Industry Alliance, and Play It Safe by the Water Committee, contributing towards the effort to reduce fatal and non-fatal drownings, along with wanting everyone to enjoy Australia's beaches and swimming culture derives her passion for the industry. Sarah believes our industry should work towards enhancing the industry profile to be further recognised and prioritised by the government and community through promoting careers as well as linking what we do, which is swimming lessons, in an effort to reduce drowning statistics. Through today's episode, Sarah shares some insights into her work as well as her thoughts on swimming and where she sees swimming moving to in the future. Please share the hidden gems you find in Sarah's interview on the Facebook page, Aquatic Mentors, and you will find all her contact details listed at the end of the show notes. Now, if you want to share your aquatic story, please contact me via my email, regionalswimclinics at outlook.com. I love to be able to share your journey with my listeners. I have launched a selection of masterclasses which cover a variety of topics related to swim teaching and coaching at Regional Swim Clinics Training Academy. These courses can be found on my website www.regionalswimclinics.com.au and by clicking on courses in the menu bar. All the courses are designed to be easy on your wallet and time, while giving you a wealth of knowledge to take and implement in your next lesson or squad session. So let's dive in and find out about Sarah's journey in swimming. So Sarah, how did you start your journey in swimming? Yeah, thanks Katrina. So I was a swimmer as a young kid, was never going to be an Olympian, but certainly loved it from a fitness and social side of things. But I guess a motivator, particularly for my parents in my learn to swim journey, and this is going way back as a kid, was we had a pool at home. So I had to complete all of the levels before I was allowed to swim in our home pool by myself, if I, if, if that makes sense. Yes. So that was a motivator for me because I thought, oh, that sounds pretty cool. Like I can go in there <laughs> whenever I like. 
So once I graduated and completed the program, I did join the swimming club. So I continued on and yeah, dad became treasurer of the club. So we got really involved. But then I guess, you know, 15 years old came around and the idea of a casual or part-time job then was more appealing, getting a little bit of um, cash and um, independence. So I did give it up, but then now I really appreciate it because now I can see that that actually sort of formed a whole career for me. So that interest then led on to me going from the supermarket at 15 to wanting to become a swim teacher. So I did that at 17. At the time, unfortunately, the venue I was working at didn't have a lot of shifts, which is actually quite ironic given the situation of um, (laughs) swim teacher shortages these days. So I went and did my pool lifeguard course and actually got more shifts in lifeguarding initially. But then, yeah, very quickly, some swim teaching shifts became available And I quickly learned that my interest perhaps was in the higher levels, the junior squads. So I went on and did, uh, back then it was, I think, the bronze Asda course or the uh, green license, I think, even. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And started to really teach the higher levels and get kids to, you know, continue through the program and that. So we grew the junior squad program from seven kids to about 50 in six months and that became really fun. So the goal then coinciding with university was to try and get a swim club to run out of the venue, but understanding that, you know, it needed to be separate to the company and need to be independent so that you know we had to work through some of those challenges of forming a committee and things like that so in the meantime I would take some of the kids to encouragement meets and novice meets in the local area uh, which was really fun and you sort of feel like a bit of a proud mum at the time like (laughs) nervous for them because I'd only just sort of finished doing that but now you know guiding them so that was certainly my my passion Then I literally just fell into my next full-time role. So I was working there casually and at uni part-time and the aquatics coordinator unfortunately had an accident and was unable to work for a period of time. So I think they had seen how I'd grown the junior swim club or junior squad and, and asked if I would be interested in just helping out in the aquatics coordinator role in their absence so I said yes again I think the idea of working opposed to studying (laughs) came through and I took the opportunity so I was then really in that role for the next nine years at that facility (laughs) yeah unfortunately the coordinator uh, didn't come back and they asked me to stay on so along the way did a few stints in admin coordinator or you know lifeguard or duty managers the outdoor pool seasonally but always came back to swim school and aquatics so yeah that's sort of my journey to the the startup I guess <laughs> and then yeah there's the rest of my career from then on. Wow what an amazing introduction and I love how your parents had said you can't swim by yourself until you clear the program I think yeah. that's a fantastic initiative and also it connected with you so they must have understood how you worked and that Mm. that's a really good incentive for you then to be able to do what you want have a play and be able to enter that swimming pool by yourself yeah I think you're right it gave me I think a sense of responsibility or a goal to work to which is absolutely me to a (laughs) T um and 
I now see it through different eyes that it totally makes sense. And I appreciate that they interpreted finishing a program as me being competent as opposed to perhaps me being able to swim, you know, one length of the pool, you know, at somewhat competency, but, you know, that's, as we know, that's not really safe enough to finish. We Otherwise, I, perhaps we probably wouldn't have all our levels, you know, if that was <laughs> not what we thought is when children are competent. So, yeah, certainly. And, and growing up on the Mornington Peninsula, it gave me the skills to participate in so many other things as well. So not just swimming, but many friends had pools. We did nippers at the beach at Mount Martha. So it just gave me a lot of other opportunities and skills that I now live and breathe in my life. So yeah, really thankful for, for them identifying that as the, the key moment of maybe responsibility or reward or something like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love that. And then to be able to bring it back into the industry later on and taking on those extra roles. And really you can tell by what you've become now how you've those opportunities have influenced you and made such a big difference and how you really developed yourself on the back of those opportunities and challenges that you had. I think that's fantastic. And I love the fact that you got involved and understood quite early that you wanted to work with the higher levels and that, you know, progressing them and making a bigger club and, a, you know, building that team and then building it into a competitive side. I think that's fantastic to take that initiative so early. Yeah, thank you. I think as much as I still, you know, was able to teach the babies or the entry levels of learn to swim, I could still do it. But I think, you know, separating going to work for money versus a passion and an interest, it made that process easy yeah. or easier because I was interested. And then I think, yeah, opportunities came from that because I felt probably I was in a natural spot that I was supposed to be in and, yeah, made it fun, I guess. <laughs> didn't I didn't want to leave, but I still haven't. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That's a good. We need fun platforms to start us off yeah. and, yeah, build a career on top of that. Yeah, absolutely. And I still uh, probably, so that was, oh, I'm going to show my age now, but that was, I left there probably nine years ago, yeah. uh, that venue. But, yeah, I still, up until probably three years ago, was casually lifeguarding there. <laughs> Just oh, wow. <laughs> Yeah, now visit there quite regularly. In fact, I've got a two-year-old daughter and she has her lessons there every week. So, Oh, wow, what a full circle. That's Yeah, fantastic. so we still go there and I get my husband to take in the lessons because, again, it's the babies. I'll, I'll step in when it gets to the higher levels if she'll listen to me. <laughs> I'm glad he's willing to as well. Not many husbands would be willing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love no, he loves it. That's brilliant. So what's been the biggest lesson you've learned in your swimming journey or is there a few lessons? Really good question. So certainly in learn to swim, I guess from the admin or learn to swim coordinator perspective is be organised. In the earlier days, I probably got caught out a few times when I thought I was organised, but then a, a program would come in for, say, a school group and perhaps I hadn't rostered enough staff or I'd left it too long and then just expected the staff to turn up at the last minute for me or something like that so being organized and that has certainly come through now and and pays off but the other one I really I learned was to share knowledge and I felt like a little bit historically 
you know, probably a bit uh, held back on sharing knowledge or perhaps maybe it was just that I'd been in a venue for so long and I hadn't seen the big wide world past where I <laughs> where I lived and where I worked and we yeah sort of kept knowledge and there was a key moment in time where that changed because I really needed my eyes to be open and I really needed a motivator and at the time I had long service leave and I put in my leave to go to Europe for 10 weeks and my boss who I got along really well with said no and I said how, how come like I've you know I've got the leave there I've you know the program's really running really well they've got enough stuff and she said to me not until you get the knowledge out of here and onto paper like some you know communication um, not to say that I wasn't communicating every day but you know some policies written down rather than just I do that because that's what we do or that's what I do we need something for somebody who's going to you know cover you while you're away and I'm like oh yeah that that really makes sense like I just kept on doing what I what I did (laughs) so (laughs) that was certainly a motivator because I wanted to go on my holiday Um, that really resonated with me because then when I obviously returned I had then a whole another support of a person that and people around that had seen those resources and were able to help rather than me trying to sort of do it all on myself or yet not having you know it, people really understand the method in my madness maybe <laughs> I don't know. I love that. so that was really good and then that has just continued so going back to like now the last two years I've been involved in VAIA, so the Victorian Aquatics Industry Alliance, and that has just shown that the sharing of knowledge and collaboration has been absolutely paramount. So representatives from different organisations have come together, some of us, you know, even competitors, but sharing our knowledge and catching up to navigate through the different lockdowns and the restrictions and just the rules and the what we could do. And that was fabulous because you think you know we're interpreting it correctly or a particular way but it was nice to either have points confirmed or points challenged or seen from a different perspective to go oh actually hang on we, we may not have that really correct or the best bit was like yeah cool we're all on the same page <laughs> and, we, and then we know and that was comforting which prior to COVID you know we certainly network but to that point where it was right down to making business decisions was a fantastic experience to be a part of. So, yeah, certainly remember when I had that lesson <laughs> you know, put in front of me. But, yeah, drawing on that now, it just totally makes sense and has been helped us get through so many different situations. I really like that, how you've taken the initial lesson and then how it's developed for you and how you've interpreted it. I think that's fantastic because COVID's thrown a lot of curveballs at everyone. But I think, as you said, you've brought out that positiveness of it, that we've come together as an industry and we've been to able to collaborate and work towards a common goal, whether we're competitors or not. Yeah, um, I think that's the fantastic thing, that it's brought everyone together for a common role, a common thing of helping kids become water safe and preventing the drowning because I think we'd sort of another um, Angela Wilde on the previous episodes had said the same thing like we're all going in our little tangents and our little ways and we need to bring everything together and sort of come back onto those two three lane highway and be going in the same way and I think that's what's happening specifically here in Australia that it sort of forced us to come back together. 
that. Absolutely. And I think not only in Victoria, I think yeah, nationally, as you said, because we've certainly contacted other states to see their experiences, but then they've also leaned on us because unfortunately we were the badge of being locked down four time, uh, six times. So not something to be proud of, but you know, we've been through it. So we've been able to share and support there as well. So yeah, whilst we haven't been able to connect with people in person, I actually probably feel more connected to the industry and understand our purpose more than ever. So it's, yeah, really motivating as well, I think. Yeah, that's exactly it. Gives mm. you, like you said, that purpose, that what you're working towards. And I think that original lesson of writing everything down, because I think we just get caught up in our own ways <laughs> and we do what yeah. we do and never actually think <laughs> to sit back and go, okay, this is how I've do it. How do I bring in? I know Shona Palace was saying in her episode, you know, like we've got to always think about who we're training up to come after yes, us. Definitely. And if you don't give them the tools and we keep all on our head, we just, you know, they've got no hope. We've got to give them those stepping stones that makes their journey a lot easier. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, I mean, we can try and inspire and share our stories and we might only capture 5%, but you know, that's, five percent that might continue on with the with the cause that you know we're typically passionate about so yeah I think it certainly was a learning curve as a young um, <laughs> coordinator I got my holiday in the end but now oh, really? I think the bigger re- yeah, reward was you know the networking and the sharing of information particularly more recently so yeah um, it was good oh I'm glad you got to go away and got <laughs> that, <laughs> yeah. that time off <laughs> yeah <laughs> And I also like your point on that, on being organised, because that's something that was really not my skills. Mm-hmm. In my skill set, it was just sort of things that wing it. But I think swimming has made me more organised. I've still mm-hmm. got a long way to go. There's so many, like you said, there's so many things that crop up that you think, oh, yeah. crap, I haven't done that. <laughs> I've got to do this. Yeah. But I think that's the thing. It, it sort of forces you, especially when you're in those roles of managing swim schools and managing a, a bigger team, you've got to be organised. It forces that into your life. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's helped us cope with the changes and, and COVID, you know, not to always bring it back in COVID, but obviously that's happening now. But I think it's helped us to cope with that a little bit easier because being organized and you know perhaps with some of us being stood down and we're interpreting the rules as they come out we quickly learned to you know manage what we what we know and control what you can control and don't necessarily try and get caught up in what we don't know and that was really tempting in the first few months of when we didn't know what COVID was is we we found ourselves trying to predict what might, it might be or what we might be coming back to and whilst that's important to be ready but then we quickly learned to be well let's let's be organized with what we have and what we know and then we can be quick and nimble to react to any curveballs which there usually wasn't too many but some you know there were but usually they were favorable anyway so yeah definitely a skill that I think helps with the day-to-day but helps you obviously in the future as well especially when things that unexpectedly creep up yeah I really like that it's a good way of putting it that you're organized enough that if something happens you can deal with that a lot quicker yeah yeah brilliant that's a good answer anyone (laughs) (laughs) so what's been the highlight of your journey so far has there been a few there's been a few. So a, a key moment in time was yeah, after nine years at this particular facility, we got a new centre manager and she was fabulous. And she'd actually come from 
more the city and she said Sarah I, I really want to keep you here but I think you need to go and see a bit of the big wide world more than yeah further than the Mornington Peninsula which I'd grown <laughs> up on. and so I applied for a role at a venue that she had come from and got that role and that was a key moment in time not just for my career, but also personally. So I went and worked there for four years and developed a swim school. So originally the swim school I was managing was around 1,100, 1,200 students. And then I went up to um, coordinating three venues with swim school of over like 4,500 kids. So also um, forced me to move out of home, which was great. <laughs> um, so it was a yeah, learning experience and time to grow up as well. So that was uh, that was fun. Also met my husband, <laughs> so that, and people know that. So that was that was a great opportunity, obviously as well. So yeah, learnt lots of things there. Learnt obviously different area, different demographics, larger swim schools, larger businesses working with different people. So that was a huge change or moment in time in my career and my personal life. And I'm very thankful for those four years that I had at that venue. But then, yeah, following that, that actually led me to meet my now manager and has it transferred me over to my role with Belgravia Leisure working with him. So I got, yeah, a whole different career opportunity that particularly wouldn't have existed in uh, the, those two venues prior were in local government. So now working for Belgravia Leisure, my role typically doesn't exist in, in local government. So yeah, feel very thankful for those key moments in time to sort of motivate me to, you know, step out of my comfort zone, see a new side of town and try something new. And it's got me to to where I am today so it wasn't as much as thinking oh she wants to get rid of me it was she's actually potentially seen an opportunity and opened my eyes to it whereas I probably would have well I still visit there every weekend now for swimming <laughs> lessons so I'd probably still be there so yeah that's probably been a a key moment in time and I think more recently a key moment is my, probably my perspective on why I do things as well. So I am quite ambitious and want to get to the next step or I like to grow the program. I, I probably say I'm not competitive, but I think I probably am. <laughs> <laughs> and so I like to, you know, do be the best in what I do or grow our programs and things like that. But I think reflecting now off the back of COVID and also having a two-year-old is comes back to that water safety and, you know, trying to have an impact on reducing the drownings. But also giving kids and people, adults as well, opportunities to participate in aquatic activities. Like the thought of perhaps even my daughter going to a birthday party at a friend's house and they've got a pool and the thought of her not being able to play because she doesn't know how to swim, like that just really upsets me you know not forget the water safety side that's absolutely paramount but you know perhaps she's at school and then she doesn't want to participate in school swimming because she's not confident enough or can't go we have a a water park with wakeboarding up the road and you know the thought of her not being able to do that because she doesn't know how or doesn't haven't had the experience I think that's heartbreaking (laughs) so that sort of is now my I guess vision again so it's not just Absolutely, the water safety stuff is paramount and and not negotiable by way of learning to swim. 
but it's giving people, so adults as well, the opportunity to participate in anything aquatic related, you know, going to Gumbire World or going to SeaWorld in Queensland or something like that, the thought that someone couldn't do it because they are scared or they haven't had a chance, that, like, I don't know, <laughs> that makes me really sad. So, yeah, I want to try and make sure everyone gets, gets a go. I love that because on one hand it's about you and it's about the opportunities you were given and the fact that you want to progress in your career and you can see that you're ambitious and positively competitive. (laughs) (laughs) This is a good thing. Yeah. I love that. But then you also see the other side. You can see that you can bring that personal element to it that if you don't do what you do, then that means someone, you know, may not be comfortable in the water. They don't get that opportunity. Yeah, and that's what I try to highlight to our new swim teachers that come into our organisation or maybe some that are considering a career in swim teaching at the very entry level because, yes, you know, fully acknowledge that it's a paid job, it pays the bills or it, you know, which we need to live and it might pay for money to fund uni or party or whatever it is. Like I fully (laughs) appreciate that could be a motivator or the motivator for people, but I try to articulate that the privilege that they have or the impact that they have in this role is something much more than that. Yes, there's the element of they could potentially help save a child's life. They're giving them skills to put them in the best situation if they get into a difficult situation in in the water, but also they're allowing them to participate in things. They can go to the beach and enjoy it rather than having to sit on the sand and, and watch. And that's, I think, really powerful that as a you know, swim teacher, you're um, giving those skills and that confidence for people to participate in what we probably as adults now take for granted just because we live in Australia around so many waterways, wherever you are. And, yeah, I think if we can, I don't want the kids to miss out. <laughs> so, yeah, let's give them all a go. I really, really like that. And that's the thing, having that water confidence. And it's been proven so many times that taking that time in the water gives people confidence in and out of the water and yeah. giving them those opportunities to be safe and not have to question themselves every time they go to do something. Yeah. Um, and being the fact that especially living out here in the country with re- inland waterway drownings definitely going up, it just, you know, to be able to touch those amount of people and give them those opportunities that they can learn, they mm. can expand themselves, but then you're also touching the next generation Because if they've had that experience, then they're going to see the value in it and they're going to pass it on to their kids and then it goes down. So it's not just the current people, it's the next generation that you're influencing as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I think maybe it is drawing on emotions of being locked down and not seeing family and, you know, enjoying those holidays or family time at the beach and and you're missing that and wanting to sort of keep reliving that (laughs) through (laughs) through younger ones. But I think I, I just try to if I can, you know, get the attention of some of the new swim teachers that it is more than just the the payday, still acknowledging that. But I I think that's pretty cool. Like there's, you know, not too many, you know, entry-level jobs that, you know, have such massive impacts on a person's life, particularly like with the kids, they don't even know it. (laughs) So that's kind of, that's kind of cool. Whereas, you know, there's some things, they're learning maths and English, they have to do it. Whereas, you know, swimming's, you know, pretty fun and they don't even know that they're what they're actually learning that's going to help them when they're older. So it's pretty yeah. cool. I think. 
That's a really good point. I really like that. And mm-hmm. I know I, 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 you know, I listen to a lot of professional development and self-help and those sort of things. And a lot of it, say, with millennials and the new people coming into our workforce, they are looking for that impact. Mm. How is what they do going to impact yeah. the you know, organisation or the world? And that's fantastic that you bring that in because you're really connecting with them straight away, showing them the impact they can do. And it can be, you know, a simple thing of teaching water safety or teaching swimming lessons. And like you said, kids don't know. They go from, you know, five years in the system from mm. not being able to blow bubbles to at the end being able to swim, you know, laps and even longer if they stay into it further, which we can inspire them to do. Yeah. Absolutely. And they don't understand the journey they've taken in that time. But, you know, those young swim teachers that come in can make that impact in a yeah. massive way. I think it's an area that probably as an industry we can look at too because along the learn to swim journey, I think at the start of the journey, you know, it's mum and dad or parent guardian bringing the child to swimming lessons because they know that they need to give the child water safety skills to be safe. But then I think in most swim schools we get to a point where there's certain levels where they drop off because it conflicts with other sports and, and activities. So I reckon it would be really cool if we can work to find a moment in time where instead of uh, mum and dad are saying you have to come to swimming lessons, the kid's saying, hang on, I want to do swimming because that's my sport or that's my thing because I want to be an Olympian or I want to do, um, you know, life-saving or water polo or an aquatic-related sport. So that, I think, from a parent's perspective, which probably I've learned um, more recently, is that (laughs) it would be a lot easier to bring them to swimming if they're saying, I want to be there because swimming is my sport, when it gets to that moment in time where perhaps there's conflicting other activities that they want to do because we all know that many kids do so many things during the week and it's a handful for parents but if we can make as an industry that journey attractive that swimming becomes their sport or their thing I think it makes it easier for the parents to bring them along and we'll keep people in the sport at any stage or level or activity for longer which I'd love to see that for some people be automatic pilot so we'll, we'll see if we can get there. That's a, a really good point you make and it hits home with me right now because you know, I've been swim teaching here locally for uh, six, seven years now and I've got those kids that started with me when they're young and now reaching that age of you know, 12, 13 and 14 yeah. that are, they know how to swim, they can do laps. They've gotten to the point now that mums want to keep putting them in because they want them to have the fitness Yes, yeah. And they want them to do it, but they don't actually want to do the lessons. They don't want to be following that black line. They yeah. want to go to the pool and play. Yeah. And I'm now in that transition of, okay, I've got to give something for the parents. Yeah. But like you said, it's going to be enjoyable enough for the kids to want to come. And how do you offer those opportunities and those different activities? And I think that's something that, you know, this week I'm really focusing on to keep them in the lessons. Yes. So they still build on those skills, but what opportunities can we bring in? You know, can we bring in water polo skills? Yeah. Can we bring in like a junior lifeguard type yeah. activity? Yeah, that's yeah, that's where I'm at. How can I do eight, eight weeks of different things? Yeah. <laughs> you might have to pick your brain. <laughs> yeah, and I think you're right. I think it is about having different options too and, and multiple because not all kids are going to want to be an Olympian. Not all kids are going to want to, you know, play perhaps and and are they too young to understand that still being involved it might turn into a career like I didn't know that when I was 
you know, 15 looking at jobs, I naturally went to the supermarket job. But, you know, as it turned out, I probably through interest, it, it evolved into this. But perhaps, you know, they don't have to be still you know, in a, in a program, but it might turn into, into a career or a part-time job too, but still within their interests. So yeah, it's a, I think it's a, I won't say a challenge. I think it's an opportunity. Yes. Um, it's been a challenge, yes. but now it's an opportunity for us to, yeah, flip that switch where it's the kids saying they want to continue in it rather than mum and dad trying to drag them along to, to finishing, unless they've got a, you know, a goal like my folks did to say that, you know, this is your reward once you get finish the levels, but that might not work for everyone. Yeah, and that's the thing is about tapping into those where that doesn't work or give yeah. you even, you know, you need, even if that is something that works, you still need something to keep your interest in it. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Love that. Yeah. So was there anyone that played a big role in your swimming journey, like a, a mentor or a family member or coach? Yeah, really good question. I don't think I've had, you know, like an official mentor, perhaps. I think I've had really influential people along the way. Certainly my parents um, instilled, afforded me um, opportunity and were good role models in their work ethic and encouragement. And then along the way, yeah, I've had just key people I've worked with or worked for that have encouraged me. I am a creature of habit whilst I like to try and get the next goal I am also equally comfortable to probably sit in a in a comfortable position for a while (laughs) so yeah I I don't think there's been one person in particular but I think it's just I've probably learned to you know soak as much information or learn as much from all different people and what I found equally valuable is learning you know what to do but also learning what not to do and or how I would manage things perhaps differently. So that's, yeah, that's probably, I feel like I, I, I should have a particular person, but then at the same time, I, I actually don't think I've got one particular person. I, I do appreciate, although I don't always like to hear it, I do appreciate you know, honest feedback that pushes me and motivates me at the time you feel a bit uncomfortable but I would probably say that I have a huge amount of respect for those people along the way that have pushed me and opened my eyes to get to the next stage and not stay in the comfort zone so I think you know as you get older you sort of put your brave hat on or brave pants on and go surround yourself with those people because you will you know be challenged and get the results so yeah, it's funny because I, I feel like yeah, it's nice to say this is my mentor and things like that, but I think I've just had influential people along the way that have opened my eyes and encouraged me to take the take the next step or to think differently as well. But I think that's good because I think <laughs> taking opportunities and taking points and the good points from a lot of different people is really gives you that wider look on life. It's not, you're not stuck in your own ways. You're also not looking at the same people in particular. It gives you that worldly advance to be able to relate and build rapport with people and to take those opportunities more than to sit there and just go, no, I've got my, you know, set people that I go to. Yeah, I think it just gives you the option of connecting with other people, but it builds you as a person. You actually then, I think, in that regards, become more inclined to learn about other people or learn about different situations. Yeah. 
and you take out. And I love the fact that you said you take both the good and the bad and you learn yeah. how you know <laughs> what you want to take from people and what you wouldn't take and get that really clear definition. Yeah, I think that's been probably yeah, a learning curve too is adapting my management style to not just it probably in the earlier days I tried to manage you know, casual and part-time staff how I like to, to be managed yeah. and it, it wasn't necessarily the best way to go about it so learning to be flexible and that but also yeah I think picking the brains of various people just helps me to then form how I feel about the situation or the direction that I want to take and not being afraid to ask for feedback like as much as we don't necessarily like it I never thought and probably more recently I have reached out to get more feedback on what I could do or what I could do differently whereas younger days I'd never do that because I probably didn't want to hear it (laughs) (laughs) whereas now I'm like no like throw it at me because I want to then turn that into something so yeah I think it's just always about having your eyes open and picking the brains of those around you. I love that. That's really, really good and really open-minded for you, for someone so young as yourself to be able to take that opportunity. It shows that you've got a really good grounding in what you do and what you know that you can not second guess, but you can, you know, take that time and ask for that feedback. But you also take it on board. It's, mm. There's a big difference of people asking and then ignoring yeah. to people who, yeah, it may be really hurtful or maybe sort of shocking at first. Yeah, but to then to sit back and go, okay, I'm going to delve into this and find out what I need to take from it and how it can excel me forward. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I think it's it's not necessarily personal. Well, hopefully, when the thing <laughs> comes in, it's not personal. It shouldn't be. For me, I find it motivating. I, I like to then yeah turn it into to something, or perhaps if it's you know a learning of something that I could have done better. I'll make sure that it doesn't happen ever again. So at least you know about it rather than it being unexpected. So, yeah, I think, yeah, not necessarily a formal mentor per se, but there's just been influential people that you can draw upon, whether it's constructive or otherwise. I love that. That's brilliant. (laughs) Great point. So what advice do you give to new swim teachers and coaches that come into the facilities and that you deal with? Yeah, I think, as I mentioned before, trying to articulate or get them to see a vision that is more than just payday uh, and coming in. Also acknowledging that, I guess, like my journey, that it's okay to enjoy a particular part or a particular level. And we often, whilst we want our swim teachers to be well-rounded, we do actually ask them, you know, have they come from a swimming background or perhaps there's some parents that are becoming swim teachers for the first time and they're interested in infants because it's where their life is at at the moment. So I think focusing on that and that's sort of their starting point helps kickstart their, their journey if they're already really interested in that area. So for instance, adult lessons for some young kids, you know, joining as some teachers could be quite daunting. So we wouldn't necessarily like throw them straight into a bunch of adult classes. But if they've got a particular passion in say the higher levels because they've come from the swim club, then let's put them in there because they're going to know their things, that they're interested in those levels. They'll feel comfortable, but I think they, they'll thrive. And then they'll be open to picking up you know, doing the extension courses and and doing other areas and helping out. So really listening to what they are comfortable and interested in. 
but also with everyone, but probably more some of the younger ones is also finding out about what they're doing outside of the aquatic centre too. So we have a number of swim teachers that are actually studying to be school teachers. So it might be primary school or high school and a lot of them PE teachers. And so we try to really put them into our schools program, particularly at the end of the year, once they've finished their studies for the year, because it not only still becomes our roster, it gives them work, but they're potentially building networks with the schools and the school teachers and the principals that are coming in as well. We then keep them for four years at least. And then also then at the end, they've built up a really good foundation for us to give them a really good reference to go on to their career in their field of study. So, yeah, I think it's just um, finding out about them. And as as much as I can preach, you know, the vision for every kid to participate in in swimming or aquatics things, that's not going to resonate with everyone. So I think it's finding with staff what is the hook that's keeping them there other than just the money and that's if it is the money that's fine we'll give you heaps of shifts if they're if they're <laughs> teachers because we need to fill the roster but you know if we can find avenues uh, for instance some might be interested in going to, into marketing in sales so if we have enrollment targets we would get them in to to make calls to book children in because it's they're interested in that or they can create some posters and marketing material because it's certainly not my creative strength (laughs) so they can see that then it's more than a casual job to get them through uni then with other cohorts so if we have our parents that are coming in or our older demographic coming in as teachers that they bring a whole different value as well some of our older swim teachers are like grandparents to the kids too Um, so they nurture but they also nurture the younger staff as well so I think it's just about finding what's that extra value that the individual brings and really exploiting that and encouraging them to keep you know using those skills and experiences for the better of the the whole team so I'd like to think we get through to a few (laughs) so yeah I think it's just being interested in what they do to show that it's more than just a, a number, particularly with our really big centres that, you know, some days we could have 15, 16 swim teachers come in and, and go. So to know just a little bit about each and every one of them is an extra motivator for them to enjoy their time at work. Wow, that's perfect. Just to find out that little bit more. And like you said, it could be if, like helping them towards a specific part of swim teaching whether it be babies or the higher levels yeah. or even helping them in their career and I think that's fantastic that you give your swim teachers in your in their roles an extra opportunity to develop on their skills that they're learning outside of swimming and the fact that you can then give them good references like you've given them the experience to be marketing to do that side of it and they can use that on their reference when they go over to another job after finished study and the same with you know working more with swim teachers uh, with school teachers in your school programs I think that's fantastic you've taken that initiative to be able to give them that extra help and to show that you can learn so much more out of aquatics it's not just that teaching that person to swim you can build connections networks you can there's another part to aquatics and whether it be marketing or customer service or you know hospitality any those sort of parts of it as well Absolutely. And and we never like to see them go, although we are proud of them, you know, that they've finished their studies, but we never like to see them go. But I think if we invest that interest at the start, we do keep them for the four years. And as we know, consistency is great for our business as well. But, uh, you know, often they might 
bring along friends or younger siblings as well and the cycle just starts again so yeah I think it's nice to just have that extra connection with them and we end up being able to keep them for longer some of them still juggle their full-time career and swim teaching for a while and then there comes a time where they have to (laughs) break ties but they've been you know a valuable asset along the way and you never know there could be a couple that stay in aquatics because of the, the difference you've made by you know finding out that little bit extra about them and helping them along their journey yeah absolutely we actually have had instances of that where we've had some swim teachers and then gone on to be on deck supervisors that are studying to be school teachers or PE teachers and they finish their degree and they actually say no we want to stay here and they end up being our schools coordinator so it's still connected but they stay in in aquatics then later on they might decide they've always got that teaching degree to fall back on but in the moment they they've got a progression by way of completing their studies but they've also then got a career that's kind of what they studied but not really the topic is merged (laughs) I guess and that's really cool to see and it's really valuable because they understand what the school needs yes and they also understand how we can make it happen so we often get good outcomes because you know it's not just us trying to run the swimming lessons and school trying to fit it into their schedule it's a real collaborative approach because the middle person organizing it understands both sides of the of the coin and and the requirements of what the school needs you know to report on water safety etc so yeah those have been really great stories where we thought oh no they're going to go and they've actually said no we want to stay so wow Mm. And you look at the like how it makes your business look more professional for the fact that you've got under, you've got someone who understands both worlds. Yeah, yeah, and they can bring yeah. that in and make that connection, and that's all because you've made that first initial response of connecting and finding out what they want mm. and helping them build that journey. That's fantastic! Yeah. Wow. Yeah, they're good. They're nice stories. Yeah, <laughs> that's what we need. That's what we need more of. Yeah, <laughs> love it. So for you, what does swimming look like into the future? Yeah, really good question because I think we've had our world turned upside down (laughs) in every aspect in the last two years. But I think I'm hopeful that there's going to be more emphasis on uh, or more appreciation for water safety. I think as an industry, we need to advocate to government and, and be probably recognized more and we've, we've started to do that so you know during COVID it's where did we sit in the priority of reopening yes schools opened and you know that takes a, a huge chunk of the week for parents and, and children but we provide a life skill as well so being recognized I think as having a huge impact in the community perhaps rather than you know swimming lessons you know something you just do every week and, and that goes I think a little bit further even to the parents as well the appreciation of swimming lessons is I think in the past and we we're talking about it earlier when you do a water safety day it can be perceived as playing and, and not really valuable and and perhaps parents book into swimming lessons so that the kids can learn the strokes when in fact the initial purpose is actually for the water safety skills yeah. So I think as an industry, we need to continue, but we can probably use some learnings from COVID to further demonstrate our importance and our impact of what we do. And that water safety is you know, the key facet of that, that that's the skill. 
But then the second part of it is, is the opportunities also that it brings. With Gold Coast having the Olympics in a few years, like that's a goal for kids to, to work towards as well and inspire them to continue. So we need to start thinking of the kids now that perhaps could participate in that or the aim for that, but then also who are some people that could work there in, in that event. So that's the other side of it where it does turn into more of a sport and keeping people in the sport for longer and in different opportunities. So, yeah, I think it's just building our profile and getting our importance recognised, whether it's right up here where we all think it should be or even if it's just a step in the right direction. I think we need to get our, yeah, what we do recognised more and then not only just funding but I just think a general community appreciation for the impact that it brings I love that answer that is brilliant and yeah just I think that's something COVID's really shown is that we have been probably you know on the bottom of the pool bottom of the line Mm. for a while and I think we need to come together as we've said to promote what we are and to make our industry stand out that we are a life-saving skill what we teach and we are making a difference and it's not just you know a general sport on the side which is what it can be and what it is but yeah. there's also so much more to it there's so many I suppose borrowing it from Shrek there's so many layers to it <laughs> to <Very> the onion. <laughs> <laughs> and we have that one main skill that really develops and like you said bringing in that promotion for the Olympics mm-hmm. yeah it starts now the kids mm-hmm. now that are 7 to 14 I think I was reading on Laurie Lawrence's stuff that mm-hmm. they're the kids that are going to be prime for the Olympics coming mm-hmm. up so if we can put that emphasis on now and build the industry and build the knowledge it make you know it gives those yeah. kids those opportunities to be able to compete at a home games yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think it's just the, definitely the profile, but then, yeah, continuing to create opportunities to keep people interested, or kids particularly, but interested and, and want to participate in it, in the sport or swimming in general, you know, anything aquatic related. Love that. That's brilliant. Good work. <laughs> so this is going to be an interesting one for you from what you've seen and how worldly you are and the different programs you've been involved in. How can we as an individual or an industry promote and develop Learn to Swim and also the competitive side to encourage more participants and can we do that with less funding? I think there's, there's a few things. Like you can have huge big goals that, you know, are maybe out of the box and ambitious, but I think so for me, you know, um, thinking about that question, it's really having a, an audit or a look at where we are at now and and seeing the things that perhaps we mentioned earlier that we, we just always do, but maybe need to be shaken up to do things a bit better. In Victoria, we, we almost have a mechanism that is set up for us, but I don't think we actually tap into it as well as we could. And, that, and that's with our connection to our schools program. So it is funded. And the voucher systems that have come out just recently last week, I think perhaps might kick this motion into gear. But We've got a, a whole cohort that, you know, must participate, you know, to meet their education requirements. We need to loop that back into swim school. And I think we do do that to a degree, but I think there's opportunities to do it better. And and acknowledging that, you know, one term of swimming lessons in school one day a week or one week in a whole year it isn't enough. So it's connecting those two cohorts to get people more involved and more 
students involved. That, uh, yeah, funding helps with that. But, yeah, I fully appreciate that that's not going to happen in, in every situation. I think it really will depend on the profile building and a combination of profile building may bring funding, but I'm hopeful that the profile building will bring more of an appreciation and people will see that it needs to be a priority. And, you know, that's when, whilst I'm not, you know, trying to discount the values of netball, football, cricket, anything like that, swimming does bring on the extra life skills that perhaps some of those sports don't bring in the early years in particular so yeah I think we just need to keep doing what we're doing but also going back to that sharing of knowledge sharing what we do and sharing the impact of you know how many kids have come in and and learned to swim how many kids are achieving certain milestones sometimes we don't like to hear it but let's share maybe the uncomfortable stories of how many kids aren't making the milestones and, and impacts on that. Um, so I think it's, yeah, starting point is just looking at what we've currently got, shaking it up and seeing if we can do it a little bit differently. Are we just still just doing what we always do, which is usually pretty good, but we need to now maybe look to see what that next 10% is and share the stories so that then word gets out, more people want to do it, more people pick up on it, and yeah, we get to that next next level. Wow, I love that. And in <laughs> order on what we already do, what we do well, but like you said, what you know, who's not hitting those milestones? Mm. Why are they not hitting those milestones? Where can we improve? Mm. And then also promoting what we do. And I think that's one thing that I've always thought about. You know, you sit back and you watch those like the ads, you know, the army ads that say, you know, if you want to be an engineer, well, come be in the army. You can be an engineer on tanks and things. We could do things like that. I know it takes, you know, big money and to get involved (laughs) and that sort of thing. But, you know, ads like that or you're just putting ourselves out there in the industry, showing how many roles there are in aquatics and the difference it can make. I think that's fantastic. And coming together, like you said, and finding doing that order on your facility or on the industry, finding where we're lacking, where we're dropping those people and really trying to improve those areas and connect yeah. back up in those. Yeah, I think it's, we, we certainly do a lot of good things, but there's probably some little fine tweaks that can just boost us along. And then looking outside of the box, like there are sports that have really good pathways that they've always done it and swimming perhaps you know that's an area that that we need to look at to get kids to finish programs I think of football and Auskick for example what's the swimming version of that (laughs) yeah so and and everybody knows it because you know maybe some people or maybe we're a bit too humble to brag but we need to share those things so that then other people want to to join in and not miss out on on the fun along the way so yeah I think there's plenty we can do but yeah, it's just picking those opportunities, finding out what they are. <laughs> I, I love that. And I was only listening to a book not long ago called The Blue Ocean Strategy, mm-hmm. and it's about making it competitive businesses uh, like we, you know, in a, a red ocean where there's a lot of competitiveness mm-hmm. and a lot of sort of bloodshed, I suppose, trying to get those same customers. Mm-hmm. But building that blue ocean is finding that part of your business that you can expand on that mm-hmm. takes you out of that competitive side and you have yeah. a big blue ocean to call on and drill from. And it was simple things like that, like looking at where your faults are or where those you know customers are not being connected with or those customers that drop out why do they drop out 
And mm. can we look at a solution that can rebuild them and reconnect them into the industry? And I think that's, yeah, yeah a fantastic point. Really, really well there. Yeah, thanks. It'd be nice to have a crystal ball and unlimited <laughs> funds, but I reckon we we can promote in itself it's a fun activity. So I think it speaks for itself if we promote it correctly or, you know, allow it to be delivered correctly. Love that. Well said. Well done. Mic drop for that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, thank you so much. That's the last of my questions. I think it's amazing what you've shared here. You've got so much industry knowledge and so much worldly knowledge. I think that's fantastic to be able to draw that on and for the audience to listen to. Thank you so much for sharing that and sharing is fantastic. It's for sharing some yeah. new points and some tips that we can, as an industry, expand on. I think that shares the experience that you've had and how proud you are and how you want to expand and develop the industry and show your ambitious side. Yeah, no, thank you. It's been lovely to chat to you and, and finally yeah, meet you, um, not in person, but you know, in yes. our digital world. And yeah, I, I think it is nice to talk about, you know, there's certainly lots of knowledgeable people in the industry, but it's it's been really nice to share my thoughts and hopefully can, you know, inspire a couple of people to continue to do what they do because we really truly have a huge impact on people's lives more than perhaps we give ourselves credit for. So, yeah, thank you for having me and and taking the time to, to listen. So I thank you for sharing your incre- incredible journey. And, yes, I definitely think there's going to be many people inspired out there to try something new and, yeah, just have a look at the industry in a different way. Yeah, thank you.